0: Good morning. Welcome to our I Work NC Career Connection Speaker Series. Today we're glad to have with us Mr. Daryl Kane. He's led many partnerships, development, and STEM initiatives with prominent companies and foundations across North Carolina and nationally. He has held a senior-level position at organizations such as the NC Department of Commerce and Project Lead the Way. He is currently the development officer for a K-12 STEM program at NC State University. He received his undergraduate degree from the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. He served as an Army officer at Fort Bragg, where he was promoted to Captain's rank. He's married to Beverly Kane and has two beautiful daughters, Monica and Sydney. He's an active member in his community as a volunteer for Hope Worldwide and a board member at Explorers Charter School in Raleigh. So, welcome, Mr. Kane, and I'm going to turn the screen back over to you.
1: Great. Well, good morning. It's so glad to be here and to share a little bit about my background and uh, just some of the opportunities that are in K-12 education. So. Um, you know, look forward to the discussion uh, this morning. So, just um, you know, just as uh, the introduction, I just want to kind of give you an overview of what I'm going to talk about today, and uh, just share a few things about my background and some of the success I've had. And I just hopefully this will be helpful to uh, the audience members that are listening. So, here's a quick overview. I want to just kind of give you a quick career overview of myself a little bit about the job outlook and uh, the education field, Uh, some ideas if you are an aspiring educator, sort of how to get into the field, some some ways that you can kind of look for different opportunities, and then I'll list a few resources as well. So that'll be our time together today. So as was mentioned, I'm the Assistant Director of Development for the Canyon Fellows Program for Teacher Leadership at NC State University. Wow, that's a mouthful. Uh, but uh, really excited, I've been there for about a year and have done uh, several different roles in uh, either K-12 education or workforce development over my career. Uh, so as was stated, I also went to West Point, so the, the premier military academy of, of the service academies and uh, finished with an engineering management degree uh, way back a long time ago in the early 90s. Um, so. My background is really around, I would say, non-traditional education, so I've never, been, never really been a classroom teacher or a principal or um, the administrator, but I've done a lot of uh, different types of uh, education partnerships and program management outside of the classroom through various nonprofits and government entities. So I'll share a little bit about that and kind of how to, to get into those kind of roles. So here's just an example of some of the things I've helped to set up in the past and uh, we're currently setting up. Um, so you can see the pictures here where we have a picture of a couple of teachers working on a robotic surgery simulation unit uh, down in Orlando, Florida. So I, I basically helped to set up that event. Uh, they have a place called the Nicholson Center in Orlando where they do uh, really kind of um, robotic surgeries for really across, for people across the world, the people traveling through these surgeries. And so I was able to set up a visit for teachers to come in and see this and also some follow-up uh, kind of uh, opportunities that they have with their classrooms so that's definitely exciting i love to bring in innovation i love to bring in uh, partners to, to k-12 education to let teachers and students see what's possible and what what kind of careers are out there in the real world uh you see also a picture of um in the middle where you see some younger students working around uh it looks like they have some crayons but it's really something called ozobot which is a really simple computer that follows uh lines and so you can basically show kids how to program at a very early age and how to use uh, something that's very very simple but fun at the same time. We got some volunteers from a company called Liberty Mutual, an insurance company come out and do that. So a lot of times we think about technology companies, you think about the Apple and Googles and folks like that, but every company has um, all types of STEM careers in it. And so this is a great example of an insurance company where they have a large IT department uh, where they had volunteers that wanted to come out and give back to the community. And the final picture on the on your screen, and you see uh, some folks out in the cornfield. So I was able to go up to Minnesota one time for a teacher fellowship program. And so we helped to get several teachers from North Carolina, a uh, week long experience with a company called Syngenta. Uh, so they spent a couple of days um, up in the cornfields looking at the effects of GMOs, the positive effects of GMOs. Sometimes we only hear about the negative, but uh, GMOs are actually very uh, influential and very important to uh, to resist drought, to uh, fight off bugs, and to actually grow pro- grow crops uh, even faster and bigger. So uh, that's an example of what the teachers were able to learn. And actually one teacher uh, that, would, that participated with us had never left North Carolina before. So this was her first time outside of the state uh, by being in this uh, opportunity with us. So I really feel like we can make a huge difference in our K-12 education system, especially if we think outside the box, if we really give teachers and students some interesting and uh, innovative opportunities to learn and to grow. And we need people like myself and others that are, uh, have some background and, and interest in this area to make these type of partnerships happen. So the other thing I really like about what I do and what I've been able to do is that there's a lot of autonomy to kind of, uh, dream big and to come up with some of your own programs. And so here's just a couple examples of programs that I've basically either, um, dreamed up or started or initiated. Uh, for two different uh, demographics here. So you'll see one that's uh, black and white, it's called the Innovation Challenge. So that was for high school students. And we basically did a a contest across North Carolina for small teams of high school students to come together for an innovative idea that would affect their community uh, relating to food or healthy choices. So we had teams from across the state to compete uh, we basically had uh, industry partners to review their uh, submissions, and then they finally came in for a finalist round where they pitched in front of a group of industry partners, and a team out of Johnson County actually ended up winning the competition. And their idea was basically to take um, food that was uh, couldn't be sold into the, the normal supermarket uh, food chain and to figure out ways to get those to needy people and using technology. So. If you give students an opportunity to really make a difference in something that relates to the real world, you know, they'll really achieve and really learn and grow during those opportunities. The other program that helped start was called Backpacks and Briefcases. We actually did that in partnership with NC State University several years ago, and it's been done in other parts of the state as well. It's more focused on recent college graduates that uh, have not successfully transitioned into a career that they relates to their uh, undergraduate education And we got them internships, we gave them professional development, and we helped several people to basically transition successfully into real careers. Uh, So that was a program we did through the North Carolina Department of Commerce and uh, Wake County uh, uh, Workforce Development Board. So again, the great thing about uh, being in sort of these roles outside of the typical K-12 in school um, types of positions is that you can use your own uh, creativity and innovation you just have to find the funding and find partners, which, uh, which I'll talk a little bit more about in, in a few seconds. So let me tell you a little bit about what we do here, at the Keenan Fellows Program at NC State. So our program has been around for about 20 years and uh, it's a great program. We're really focused on teacher leadership and getting STEM into uh, communities through uh, really kind of empowering teachers to uh, give them more professional development around STEM, project-based learning, and also connecting them with industry partners Uh, You see the picture here. There's a teacher who has a cape on. She's actually um, uh, what we call a superhero. She was connected with the North Carolina Electric Co-ops for an internship. We usually do like three to five week internships over the summer. And they get a chance to go out and spend time in the field or spend time inside of a manufacturing environment or whatever the company does. And then take that information back to their students and back to their classrooms. So that's super exciting. So we've had about 500 teachers to go through the program over the 20 years. We usually do about 20 to 30 teachers per year. And the teachers get around 80 hours of professional development, which you know, I kind of mentioned what those, some of those are. So this past year, we did a, a lot of uh, PD around um, you know, innovation, around uh, diversity and inclusion, and also basically digital and virtual learning, which obviously is a very uh, pertinent topic today because of COVID-19. Um, So the program is super successful. My job there is to basically create partnerships to raise money. And uh, speaking of partnerships, these are some of our partners that have uh, been with us for several years or are currently working with us now. So some of the companies you probably have heard of like Google Fiber, uh, Duke Energy, Biogen, companies like that, Facebook. Uh, So we really have some great, uh, really global partners that work with us. And then we have some that you may not have heard of, but are still great either manufacturing companies or foundations that uh, provide money or provide uh, these three-week internships over the summer. So we're really excited about our partnerships. And what I tend to find is that uh, when I approach companies about these opportunities, they're interested in partnering um, if it meets their goals. So we try to figure out what they're already working on and how we can uh, have something that's compatible to their goals and our goals, and we'll figure out a, a solution together. Um, so, sometimes it's better to achieve, for them to allow for employee engagement. Sometimes it's better for them to provide funding. Just so, sort of depends on what their goals are and where we are in the year uh, timeframe. So, let me talk a little bit about just um, the K 12 education space in general. I've talked about some of the companies I've worked for, and I'll give you a little bit more background on that. Um, so, traditionally, if you think about education, you think about you know, going to a four year school, getting a a degree in education and then starting as a teacher or a counselor and then moving up um, if you would like to uh, more of an administrative role uh, like as far as a principal or assistant principal or moving into the district office role so those are our great careers they are very stable I mean, the school systems have been around for hundreds of years the funding is stable uh, so those are the good things about that you're obviously interacting directly with kids and making a difference uh, with your peers so it's a great opportunity to be in the school system. So I'm definitely not down upon that. But I do think there's also growth outside of the school system, which I'll talk more about here. Uh, so you can see basically over uh, the next 10 years or so, there's going to be a huge growth in uh, the education market. And you can even think about how we've had to change and pivot over the last year with COVID-19 really going to virtual learning and uh, lots of different changes. Uh, some of these are going to be continuing to, to move forward as well. but. There's several different types of education organizations out there and I'll just kind of go through these relatively quickly uh, and really kind of discuss these different types of opportunities that are out there. So uh, there's first first of all, curriculum companies. So you think about who makes the textbooks, who makes the online learning. Um, A lot of times it could be STEM, it could be robotics. Uh, So I worked for Project Lead the Way for a few years. Uh, They basically do STEM curriculum around computer science, engineering, and uh, bio, biomedical science. And then you have your big companies like Discovery, you have your technology companies like Cisco, they have their own you know, uh, proprietary uh, education through around, you can get uh, certifications in networking and before you graduate. So there's lots of curriculum companies out there. Uh, it's it's you know, lots of different opportunities inside of those companies from you know, creating the curriculum to selling it to school systems, to technology systems, et cetera. So the second uh, area I'll cover is the services for schools. And this is a pretty big area. Uh, so there are all types of consultants and coaching organizations, online education, et cetera, that are out there. And I think this is definitely gonna be a growth area. Um, there's, you know, when you, th- when you talk about coaching, there's instructional coaching. Uh, I know companies that do that. Uh, sometimes it's a huge company. Sometimes these are people just with a PhD and have a great experience. So the size of companies definitely varies. And then you have, obviously, your online education you know, opportunities like Code.org and folks like that. So that's going to be a huge growth area as well. The next area I'll cover is uh, connecting organizations. Sometimes they call it intermediaries. And basically, it can be anywhere from a, uh, a national uh, organization that basically brings people together, uh, thought leaders. They hold conferences. They hold events. Or they'll uh, connect people. So um, there's organizations like Wake Partnership here in the, the Triangle area that do all kinds of different uh, opportunities for kids and for teachers, but really kind of focus on the local school district. Uh, you have other uh, organizations out there that are, um, you know, more student focused, like your, your HOSA, your FFAs, your DECAs. So those are where students can uh, basically uh, be involved with an after school activity, but um, there has to be someone that actually a teacher usually kind of leads at the, at the school level but then there's, there's kind of national level and state level positions that are uh, you know, full-time paid by uh, you know, through a nonprofit. So there are lots of different these, of these connecting organizations out there um, and they're, they do great work. Basically they kind of pick up where the school can't do some of those things during the school day and give students opportunities that uh, meet their interests. So um, those are definitely good to look into and I'll talk a little more about those as well later. There's also technology companies out there. So you think about, you know, we're, we're doing Zoom today. So Zoom is in, is in the education field, obviously. Uh, you know, we're, I'm on a laptop. So there's companies that make laptops. There's companies that make monitors. There's companies that um, make robotics or Adobe software, micro bits, uh, Raspberry Pis. So there's all kinds of technologies out there that are being you know, manufactured and sold by different entities. And so there's, a great need for people to have uh, sales skills, that have technology skills, to build these uh, different types of equipment and to uh, you know, really even trainers to go out and show people how to utilize this. And so there's some really interesting things out there. If um, you ever heard of a company called Betabox, they have a, a, basically a shipping container that they'll ship out to your school and they have all types of 3D printers and robotics and different kinds of games out there. Uh, so that's just one example of these kind of um, technology organizations that are making a huge difference for our students and for our, our schools. And lastly, I'll cover kind of the topic of learning centers. And so it's a pretty, pretty broad category. Um, you know, I've done some SAT prep in the past and really kind of help students to prepare for the SATs. Uh, so that's a uh, you know, kind of a, a small person business. Uh, there's people out there um, that help students to get prepared for college applications um I think it's college-wise is an organization that I'm familiar with. There's companies that help with homework, so basically anything that kind of helps students to uh, be more prepared. Museums, uh, informal education. There's a lot of different opportunities out there in those areas as well. So, what I would say is basically figure out what your interests are, what what your skill level is, and then really kind of uh, if you really want to get into this industry, kind of really you know, go after exactly what you want to do in one of these types of organizations or companies. Um, my background, I didn't go into it in a lot of detail earlier, but basically I grew up in Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, which is a, a relatively small town, uh, but I was really interested in education. So I went to a uh, magnet school or a governor's school for my senior year in high school, really learned about project-based learning. I was taking community college classes as well, um, and then was able to go to West Point. Um, after that, and really focused on engineering and management. So I basically, uh, you know, during that time, I also had an internship at a communications company, radio communications, uh, They did technology. And then even while I was at West Point, I did a couple of internships uh, for the Army in different locations around like software development. So I think what I've basically done over my career is found things I'm really interested in and good at and really kind of focused my efforts there. So, you know, that's just an idea of how you can move forward in your career as well. So let's talk about um, kind of different types of jobs and uh, what kind of education is required for these types of jobs. Um, and we've kind of covered these a little bit, but program management is obviously when you're, you know, managing a program or you're leading an organization or leading part of, a, of an organization. Usually, for an education field, you need a master's or a Ph.D. I've done some of this with a bachelor's degree, but uh, usually, like your leading your leaders are going to be someone with an advanced degree. Um, so they're leading people they're coming up with uh, you know ideas they're looking at the finances so they kind of have to be a broad um have to have a bar- broad background to be successful in those roles so the area i really kind of focus on is the second one uh, development fundraising sales grant management and you, you have people with bachelor's or master's degrees that work in this area but it's really kind of building those relationships uh, outside of your company your organization so it's having those conversations it's um, sales it's Uh, building relationships and just kind of uh, giving people a vision of how we can work together and how we can uh, solve a problem within their school or district or state or nationally. Um, And so I really like interacting with people. I like, um, you know, networking and getting to know people and letting them get to know me and just kind of brainstorming how we can solve solve problems together. So that's kind of the area I focused on uh, for the most part. The next area is curriculum development. So obviously it's kind of making the uh, curriculum for, you know, some of those organizations I spoke about earlier. Usually you're looking at a master's level person, sometimes bachelor's, but someone that's really kind of very detailed that wants to, you know, have a a clear thought process of how to move a person from A to B to C, uh, going through the the information, but also making it uh, engaging. So uh, it's not just, you know, obviously like the fill in the blank type of uh, or multiple choice type of, you know, uh, development, but you're really thinking, how do, how do I use videos? How do I use uh, discussion questions? What content needs to be read? What uh, videos need to be watched? So it's really kind of a, a well-rounded person that uh, knows how to move people through uh, taking an idea and making it their own. The next area is uh, technology areas. So I'll cover this a little bit. So, you know, all the different type, types of technologies that are out there from computers to robots, uh, someone has to design and manufacture, you know, all these sort of different uh, technologies. So, you know, that's, that's a very wide range, I mean, that's even outside of the education field. So it can be anyone. Basically, if you can do the skill, and almost sometimes it doesn't matter what credentials you have. If you know how to program or if you know how to build a robot, uh, et cetera, um, your education credentials aren't as important sometimes if you actually know how to, to build and make it, make it happen. Uh, the next area is uh, around marketing and social media. So this is a huge growth area. Um, think about just all the different platforms that are out there. I know the our students are on TikTok, which I'm not sure if there's any practical applications for that yet, but uh, Facebook started as a uh, just basically as a communication for college students uh, to kind of share pictures. And you think about Facebook today, it's uh, it's huge. It's It's used for business, it's used for politics, it's used for pictures and for Discussions and for arguing and for anything you can think of, you know, Facebook is being utilized. So think about Twitter and Facebook, your LinkedIn's um, And then just all the how things look as far as the marketing and the communications piece. So We need great graphics, you know, far as logos, pictures, etc. So all that kind of comes into the marketing and social media. So that's a huge area uh, because Whenever I basically give a presentation, I use like a, a PowerPoint Uh, If I send a document, it has graphics on, it it has pictures, it has to look good. And so I don't create that myself, but we have someone on our staff and all the companies I work for, there's always two or three people that work on these different types of communications or social media. Uh, So those are huge roles and they're in every type of company that's out there. And then finally, the uh, the last area of color is basically your instructor. So this would be uh, something that closely aligns to sort of your K-12 teacher uh, type of uh, instructor. But, um, you know, there's obviously instructors outside of that. I mentioned SAT prep earlier. And then you have, you know, all types of instructors from community college to university professors, et cetera, or people that kind of work in the education space outside of the classroom. All right. So I'm going to kind of transition a little bit and talk about sort of, okay, how do you get into these careers? How do you uh, make connections? Uh, where do you start? Um, again, I will go back to first, work, you know, what is your interest? Um, I think about just some of the things I've been able to, to do and be around. Um, so one experience I had was in high school, I um, worked with, I volunteered for this program called SOTA, which is student or, Students Organized for Developing Attitudes. And it was basically high, students, high school students mentoring middle school students and talking about um, kind of staying away from drugs and alcohol and risky behavior. And it makes a huge difference if you have, uh, you, if your parent tells you that as a middle schooler, you may or may not listen. But if a high school student tells you, you're probably going to listen. You know? So I've always uh, had a passion about giving back, making a difference, making a connection for young people. Um, also, when I was in the military, we, you know, we had a lot of training that we did as far as around communications. And first, the first GPS actually came to the military. So I was involved with training folks on our base on how to use, uh, you know, your GPS systems. Um, it was a lot larger, a lot uh, less, less um, I guess, accurate back then, but uh, we had the first GPS systems and I trained, you know, lots of people on how to use those. So I've always had a passion for training, a passion for education, and so I've tried to find ways to, to utilize that out in the real world. Um, so, I mentioned earlier around, you know, there's different types of clubs that are out there. If you're a student, I will you know, figure out what you're interested in. If it's marketing, then I'll be the deck organization. If it's something around farming or agriculture, that's FFA. If you're interested in healthcare or uh, pharmaceuticals, life science, there's HOSA. Uh, and so, these are after school organizations that you can basically be involved in and... Uh, they have you know, weekly or monthly meetings, they have competitions, they have you know, all different types of activities where you can do things with your peers and also go to kind of state level, national and sometimes global competitions. So there's lots of student, these career and technical student organizations that are out there that you can be involved in. Uh, the second thing I'll mention is that um, most schools have some type of business advisory board and I've been on several of those uh, throughout my career. I uh, just uh, finished up a term at the Panther Creek High School, was there for, I don't know, six or seven years while my kids went there. And I was uh, the board chair for several of those years. And So this is a group of business partners or education partners that uh, come together once a month or so and kind of discuss how they can support the school. So we set up events, all kinds of events. We did like a Shark's Tank event. We did uh, kind of a networking event. We brought in professionals and let students meet them. Uh, we did some uh, events around financial literacy. So there's lots of different uh, things that a student or a student can do with a school business advisory board and they're always looking for student members or for ideas how to connect with students. So I'll say that's definitely an opportunity. And then for some of our more uh, art focused um, individuals, you know, there's always your art, your band, your course, your theater. Uh, so those are definitely opportunities, not only for your craft, but there's, there's someone has to put these events together, there's the marketing piece, there's the uh, fundraising piece at times. So those are definitely organizations that even if you are a STEM person, you can still, you know, look for careers that are in, of your interest area as well. And then finally, I'll say that there's a lot of companies out there that uh, provide technology internships, a lot, a lot of companies provide internships in high school and in college, as I mentioned earlier. And so it's just a matter of uh, searching those out uh, and looking for those different types of internships. I know that um, when I was at Panther Creek, we had a, a gaming company that, that hired students and paid them, I want to say like $12, $14 an hour to basically be customer service reps. They would answer emails and phone calls about people on these uh, online games and kind of helping them to figure out, you know, if they have problems. So there's lots of ways to kind of get started in this area. So the only thing I'll mention is just, um, you know, most of the jobs that I've found or I've acquired is through networking. So basically someone that was connected with the organization or knew someone at the organization. And really that's how most jobs are found is um, you can apply for things online, but that's kind of a black hole to be honest. Normally you need to connect with someone or know someone at that organization that you're trying to um, partner with or become uh, an employee at. So networking is hugely important and um so there's different ways you can we can do networking obviously with COVID-19 there's not as much face-to-face right now but uh there's still online networking through like our organizations like LinkedIn where you can have a profile and connect with people online and kind of find out their interests and you can share your interests. uh but you know back when we were having you know different types of events I would go to different um conferences and things of that nature and just whoever you're sitting beside to strike up a conversation or for your know after someone speaks as a keynote speaker you can always go up and talk with them uh, share your contact information say i really enjoyed what you said and this is kind of what i was thinking you know i think we could connect in this way and most people will try to figure out a way to help you to reach your goals if you you know if you're kind and uh, sincere about what you're sharing so uh, i would say network is hugely important and uh, it's a a great uh, opportunity to kind of move your career forward or help someone else and that's typically what i like to do is that even if I talk with someone and they don't have something that's going to help me, if I can help them, I still try to move forward and try to make the connections for them or give them a, a connection or invitation, etc., so that they can move forward on the, to meet their goals. So it's it's a give or takes, give and take. So don't just feel like you need to go and try to get from people, uh, but you know, basically give and get when, when you're doing networking. And I would say just be honest and just talk with people about kind of what you're interested in, like especially if you're job hunting say, hey, I'm really looking at these three or four companies in the area, and this is why I'm looking for these these opportunities because of my background, my interest level, et cetera. So just um, kind of, you know, some people just say, I just need a job that pays well, but people uh, companies want to hire people that are interested in what they do and, and what they're about. So you have to be interested in what they do and what they're about. So I would say definitely kind of figure out your passions, kind of focus in on uh, what you're interested in, and then go after those few companies or organizations that uh, meet that criteria. Um, So here's just some helpful resources. I mentioned a couple of uh, websites earlier. So the LinkedIn one is a professional networking site. I'm on there. Um, And I typically, if someone wants to connect with me from a business standpoint, I I typically try to connect with them. And if I can help them, I do so. If they can help me, that's awesome as well. Uh, There's there's job openings that are listed on LinkedIn as well. So that's a good um, site to look for jobs. The, uh, the first bullet there is at stemecosystems.org, so there's lots of different um, kind of connecting organizations across the country and locally. So I think there's like three or four large ones in North Carolina. There's um, one here in the Triangle Run Through the Burroughs Welcome Fund. Uh, there's one in STEM East, which is sort of the uh, Greenville area. There's STEM West, and then, which is out in sort of the um, Hickory, Asheville area. And then I think there's a new one sort of on the coast uh, around the Wilmington area. And those are basically organizations that bring people together. So you'll find all types of, you know, uh, individuals from school systems, from nonprofits, government, business, um, that meets these different types of ecosystems. And they try to figure out solutions and how to make education relevant to students and teachers that are out there currently. The other website I'll mention is uh, idealist.org, idealist.org. So it's really kind of focused on nonprofit jobs and internships. Uh, that has some uh, company profiles on there, so it's a good place to sort of look for jobs and to apply for jobs that are focused on, like, education or nonprofits, um, you know, dealing with poverty, dealing with water issues, um, environment, basically naming anything that's in the nonprofit space, uh, they'll have job openings out there. So those are definitely some some good resources to look at. So I just want to kind of uh, give a recap of what we, what I've discussed today. Um, and a lot of kind of covered a lot of information. So again, just thinking about um, things that you're interested in and then kind of focusing on you know, how to use your skills to you know, get those type of roles or how to make those kind of partnerships. Um, I know with the Canyon Fellows Program, we're always looking for new partners. Uh, I mentioned some of the folks we're already working with, but uh, we've got some great, uh, even nonprofits we work with, we've done some stuff with the Boys and Girls Clubs Uh, We've working with the North Carolina Coastal Federation for an internship. Uh, And so we've got a lot of um, programs, not even, we have our our main program is the fellowship program. We're actually going to start a new program this year called STEM Work, which is going to be more uh, more of of a virtual learning for teachers. And so we'll have uh, kind of a cohort here in the Triangle area, one out in Western North Carolina. So that might be an opportunity for teachers that are interested in learning and growing in their career. And learning about STEM careers, that will be an opportunity that's going to be opening up. Um, uh, applications to start some, sometime in early um, 2021, and then the program will start around the summer of 2021. So we're really, really excited about that program. We're also looking for industry partners, but there's going to be some visits that's, that the teachers can take as well, uh, more like one-day visits. Uh, and so we're going to kind of we're growing our program in that way. And so part of what I do is I figure out, you know, the programs that we want to run is. Is how to, to fund those, and so I've been out and talked to a couple of foundations around who might want to, you know, sponsor these um, different activities and uh, put, put a proposal together, have a conversation with them, and then uh, there's money out there for all types of good ideas. So uh, don't feel like whatever you come, whatever idea that you have, it won't work. You know, don't just assume it's going to work or won't, will we'll not work, but you know, go out and talk to a foundation and, and tell them what you're looking at, and they'll give you some honest feedback if that's something that they'll fund or not fund. and looking at their goals for these different uh, opportunities that are out there. So I really appreciate your um, time today and uh, I'll just kind of stop there as far as presenting. If there's any questions that I can answer, uh, we'd love to uh, to share you know, any answers I can with you, but I appreciate your time to, to listen to me uh, share about my career in education that's outside of the normal K-12 environment. Thank you, Mr. Kane. Those were just
0: great examples advice and thank you for sharing your personal experience and how it was a non-traditional type path in education so we appreciate all that information i had a question i love the innovators challenge that you did and the backpacks to briefcase love that title do you know if that opportunity is still available or do you know some other opportunities students might seek out to join these competitions?
1: Yeah, I think those are uh, ones in the past. Um, So I don't don't think that they're current, those particular ones are currently available, but um, I know that there are some organizations that are still doing um, sort of uh, these contests. Um, I have to think of the name, I have to maybe send you the information after the the call. Um, Got a friend of mine, Uh, Jay Cork that runs a coaching organization, and they're doing some kind of online contests for students across North Carolina, but I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but I can send that to you after the call.
0: Thank you. I know that NCBCE is doing Ready, Set, App, and I'm thinking it closes November the 30th because we have a couple students I think that are interested in that so these are just great opportunities for students to work towards a goal and so it's a good way for them to get some practical experience and I loved all these real world experiences that you put in. I know students right now are applying to colleges and they're applying for scholarships. I know I've written some recommendation letters for some scholarship and mm-hmm. college applications. What advice would you give to students? Because I know you have seen both sides of it as someone applying, also as someone probably being in on those interviews. What kinds of skill sets should they work on when they're working towards one writing their essays? Answering those questions and also doing inter- interviews.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I would say that um, I would say most people um, maybe uh, don't value themselves or their skills as much as they should. So a lot of times we're not as confident as we what we ought to be. So I would say number one, be confident in whatever background that you have, whether you are a straight A student or if you are a a straight B student, or if you're interested in robotics, or if you're more of a art theater person, whatever you've already done, be proud of that and be willing to kind of talk about that through your essay um, and just be honest of who you are. So don't uh, don't basically try to put on an air of something that you're not in your essay or in your interview, just be open and honest about who you are and be confident about the things that you've done. So um, I've, I've seen students, um, you know, just, you know, it doesn't matter exactly what their GPA is or kind of, you know, I've seen people with great GPAs that have gotten into top tier schools and I've seen people with mediocre GPAs and mediocre test scores and still gotten into great schools because of their passion uh, for a particular area. Um, and I so, saw, so I would say that just um, don't underestimate your your value and what you have, to bring, what you can bring to the table because uh, everyone is, new, is unique and everyone has something of value that they've uh, already invested in, whether it's sports or Uh, some type of uh, education uh, focus or whatever Um, just be confident in what you have and so another thing I think I say as well is um, definitely get some help on those um, especially your essay Um, you know just I've uh, I've reviewed you know lots of essays for people i have people that I know or people at the schools I'm associated with so get someone to review your essay and and get some ideas Um, and then also just do some interview prep just like if you were when you go for a job interview you don't walk in there without knowing anything about the school or the organization you want to basically go in prepared so do your research when you're doing an interview find out who you're talking with what is their background what's you know what are some of the things they've been successful at what is what, what are some of the things some of the things this university is known for um, basically you want to go in saying hey i work i really want to be a part of this university because of xyz because of my background uh i think it would be a great match just like you would in the job interview so go in there prepared, go in, um, you know, just confident. And also with your essay, just make sure you have somebody working with you on that. And then you can actually, you know, you can get someone in your peer group or you can, you know, go the professional route and pay money for someone to help you with your essay. So, um, you know, wherever you wanna land on that is is a good idea.
0: That is some wonderful advice because we know that whether we're students or even adults in a... professional capacity, that is good advice for all of us, so thank you. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like you knew early on that you wanted to do something in the STEM field, and I'm sure it's changed a lot even in the time period that you've been in it. What advice could you give to our students about doing some exploration in STEM to find in high school or even middle school, what kind of passions they might have in that field.
1: Yeah, I think those so definitely good ideas to do some exploration. Um, and I think that's what helped me to sort of find my path is I got some opportunities. Um, and there are lots of different companies that wanna do like, uh, you know, I know companies do like these open houses. Uh, there's manufacturing day every year where uh, basically manufacturers open up their doors to, to parents and students. That's usually in like the October timeframe. So we can take, a part, take part of those. Uh, and then just looking for these different, um, you know, there's lots of different, uh, even online um, you know, videos and things of that nature that we uh, can learn about different careers. There's a company called Nepris that does uh, videos and they also do like um, kind of in-person uh, or not in-person, but basically video technology, whether they'll you know, Skype or you know, Zoom a, person, a professional into a classroom. And so a lot, of, a lot of times those things are free for the, the school or for the students. So there's, there's, different, there's definitely a lot of different um, technologies and businesses that are open to you, know, you doing some exploration. And I think that's important because um, you don't want to basically you know, spend you know, lots of money and time and you know, several years of education on something that you're really not passionate about. So the more you can kind of narrow that down, and it's okay to change your mind or to pivot, but at least you kind of go into something knowing that you're being interested in it. Um, you know, I've had a, I know a student that was thought they wanted to be like a doctor and go into neuroscience and that was, that was what they originally thought and then kind of once they got into it after the first year of college, they're like, ah, I'm not really interested in this. This is more, you know, this is not exactly dealing helping with people with the way I was thinking. And so they had to pivot, which is fine, but the more research you can do to kind of prevent those kind of things is better.
0: That is wonderful advice because it helps us narrow down what we want to do. And I think a lot of times students think they also want to be a doctor and then they realize, oh, I have lots and lots of years doing this. So Mm -hmm. I think they also have to match the time they invest in it plus what they really want to do. So thank you for that great example. You have a military background and then you've worked in government and you're in the university system right now so you have a lot of different perspectives so could you touch a little bit about even in a non-traditional way that students can look for even getting college paid for through maybe even the military could you touch a little bit on that background that you have
1: yeah. So yeah, there's definitely lots of ways to uh, kind of finance your education um, without taking on loans. So like, for example, all the service academies, including West Point, you know, there's no, there's no tuition. It's all paid for through taxpayer dollars. So I, I basically graduated with no college debt. Obviously those are sort of your premier organizations, but um, you know, it, just if you join the military um, out of high school and you, know, you you spend two or three years in there's, there's a, uh, uh basically the different funds that they'll provide for you to go to college while you're in the military or after you get out the military. So you can enlist and do that as well. Uh, the other thing that's really popular now are apprenticeships. And so an apprenticeship is basically like an internship, except it's, I would say it's, uh, it's more of a commitment where you are uh, an apprentice at a company uh, for a couple of years. And a lot of times you're, you're going to community college at the same time and working at the same time, but they're paying you like a full-time salary and uh, you're usually paying for your, your uh, community college degree and you're getting work experience as well. And so I think that's one of the growing trends that's out there. I would definitely look into, uh, if you just Google apprenticeships where there's, uh, there's uh, leaders at the North Carolina Department of Commerce and the Department of Labor that work with companies that are doing apprenticeships so you can you know, find out more of those opportunities. So there's definitely lots of ways to kind of financial education outside of just uh, you know, paying for it yourself. Uh, which I highly encourage people to look into those. So military apprenticeships, um, and then I think just um, you know you think about you know there's lots of these different um, uh, you know online courses that you can take. These um, these what are call MOOCs, and so you have, sometimes you don't actually get the college credit, but you can take a college course and get the, the information. So that's really what your the goal is. Is the, you know having a degree is nice. Having a certification sort of is great, obviously. But if you get the information and you get the, the learning of how to program or how to, to you know, learn about a different field, um, you, know, you can start your own business. You can do your own consulting. So you don't necessarily have to be a four-year or two-year college graduate to be successful. There's lots of ways you can be successful um, you know, with or without a college degree. But obviously, you know, I like education. I definitely you know, promote it. But you know, don't feel like you have to go pay $100,000 to get you know, a four-year degree.
0: Thank you for that wonderful example, too, because lifelong learning, we know, is so important to whatever we're doing, and it also makes us better as just individuals. Mm -hmm. We've been talking a lot about this as International Education Week uh, and language, cultures, and knowing about different ones. Can you touch base a little bit about that, even in your work as Private public and even the military sector that the importance of having maybe some of these skill sets and even language or cultural backgrounds
1: yeah that's a great point I probably should have mentioned that earlier so um I, you know just for myself I took four years of high school Spanish uh, so I you know I still know some some Spanish um, I took a year of Portuguese in college and then over the last few years I've been taking a few Mandarin classes um, so. I can basically say a few words in those three languages, uh, and a lot, a lot in Spanish, actually. Um, so I think that's that's very important because we do live in a global world. Um, most companies, if you're talking about a larger global company, they have operations across the globe, uh, and, and um, you know, just with our supply chains, you're, you're basically you don't have an organization that's worldwide. You're buying stuff from you know from across the seas. So actually, one of the companies I worked for before I got into the education field, we. We dealt a lot of, uh, with, with things from China and also from France. And so it's very different cultures you have to get used to working with and sort of um, the time zone difference is a thing as well. So I think it's definitely good to look for opportunities to, to grow your knowledge around other people. Um, you know, we've actually hosted a foreign exchange student at our home for a year as well. So I'm definitely, you know, all about that. So any opportunity you get to, to get to know someone from another culture or to immerse yourself in their culture I think it's definitely worth it, uh, because you understand uh, really how to communicate with people, you understand how to value uh, the strengths of other people and their uh, kind of ways of doing things, and then you could also share how you think and how you do things. And so, uh, yes, today in today's global world, it's super important to uh, to know some other languages and also to be able to connect with people from different backgrounds. And actually, in North Carolina, we do have you know, you know lots of different um, you know, ethnicities and people from different countries here. So it shouldn't be that hard for you to get to know someone from a different culture and for them to get to know you. So I would definitely encourage um, those type of opportunities.
0: Yes, that is great advice to the students too. We actually had someone from the Russian flagship program from UNC Chapel Hill. And she was talking about how she found an Egyptian restaurant in Durham so we do have just a wide variety of people in North Carolina and I think that's just wonderful that we have these opportunities to meet people learn about their cultures and just be part of it and also teach them about our culture so that is a neat idea yeah
1: I think actually in Charlotte they have Charlotte is one of the um, leading cities as far as global headquarters and so if you go, I mean, like uh, we actually do a lot of work with Siemens um, at, our, at our program. And so they sponsor us in different ways. And so I've actually been to the Siemens facility a couple of times and they're all about, you know, just really having global partners and, you know, they do you know, lots of different things. And so, yeah, a lot of the companies that we work with, um, you know, there's definitely a global component to it. And I would definitely encourage students to really think about that and if a you're uh, proficient in another language that's that only helps you to uh, you know open up career opportunities for yourself
0: yes you're very correct because it opens doors for us I think as educators that's what we see education Mm -hmm. is a door opener whether it's formal education informal education life experiences we know more than we knew yesterday and I think we are Loving promoting that as teachers and people that promote learning. So, I love that idea that we can make our world a better place through education and being proactive when we deal with others, and being kind and being open. Mm -hmm. So, thank you for all this wonderful information. Before we enter session today, what would you like to leave our students with when they think about careers of the future?
1: Wow, that's a great question. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of opportunities out there. Um, I think just um, students at this age have probably more opportunities than what people of my age will have had. So, I think that I would definitely say just keep an open mind. I would say learn as much as you can, and you know, really kind of um, not limit yourself on from your from your own standpoint of um, you know confidence or uh, hard work. But you know, be a hard worker, be confident, be be willing to take on new challenges, be open-minded, and uh, especially learn some of these new technologies that are out there, whether it's uh, social media or if it's you know some type of STEM STEM field. Uh, I definitely think that's going to help you in, in addition to the international thing we talked about. So, um, you know, I think the future is great for, especially in the, in the education field, because um, you see the challenges that we're having, you know, nationally and, and uh, internationally. And we really need people that have a strong educational background and people that are learners and people that can communicate and get along with people well. Uh, that's going to be what's going to make us successful in the future. So, Uh, Thanks for letting me share today, and I look forward to uh, helping any way I can with you guys in the future.
0: Well, thank you, Mr. Kane, for taking your time on this Friday, and we appreciate it so much. And you have a wonderful day, and we wish you well in all your ventures that you do there at NC State.
1: Well, thanks so much. All right. Thank you. Take
0: care. You too. Bye-bye.